Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another Destiny Changing Word by David Entry from one of our Revival Seeking Youth Services. If you want to control your world, catch the word. Be blessed. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 and 16 and 17 and 18. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what is what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Here ends the reading of God's word. Father, what we don't know, teach us. Who we are not, make us. Where we are not, take us. Order us into yourself and reveal Jesus to us. Through the teaching of your word, let impartation come. And let ignorance be damaged to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In your Christian walk, there are some things that are important. I'm talking about the necessary steps to fulfilling destiny in God. The necessary steps to fulfilling destiny in God. You need to listen to me very carefully. It is not what you do not do that determine how you fulfill destiny. So for those of us who don't lie, for those of us who don't steal, for those of us who don't do bad stuff like that other person you know, you know, you always tend to know someone who is badder. <laughs> is better than you. How many of us know someone who is better? <laughs> a person is worse, is worse than you. You might not be an angel, but there's someone who is almost close to a devil. <laughs> who you are better, better than. So one of the, the the disadvantages of a Christian life is when your Christian life is lived in comparison to others. So they are like this, I'm not like this. So it makes you think you are better. They are like this, you are like that. They are like this, you are like that. So you, you tend to think because you are not that like that, you are, you are better off. If you compare your Christian life to others, there are times where you are failing, but you think you're okay. No one, no human being is worth comparing your progress with. If they are flying 500 feet above sea level, but you are supposed to be doing um, 50,000 feet, 
and compare yourself to them, when you are doing 15,000, you are so far above them. So you'll be fine. But in light of your destiny, you are way, 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 way below. The only one you have to compare yourself with is Jesus. You bring yourself to the standard of Jesus and he always makes, makes you feel whatever things were gained to me, I count lost. And you, it always makes you feel that um, one thing I do, forgetting about the things that lie behind and I press on because there is always a mark, Philippians chapter 3, 13. There's always a mark to press on towards, pressing on. I, I, I press on from verse 12 and 13. I, I press on that I may apprehend. You know when they say someone has been apprehended, you know what that means? What, that, what does that mean? To be captured, to be arrested. And you see, Jesus has arrested you for a purpose. Oh, yeah, it's there. Verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting about things that I behind, 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 and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Um, go to the verse 12. I think it's verse 12. Uh, um, yeah, it's verse 12. Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has also laid hold of. King James has apprehended me. Christ has apprehended me. Christ caught me and I have to so I can catch something. You are in church not to while away time. You are in Christ to catch destiny. That's why the next verse he said, I don't count myself to have apprehended. No, I've not gotten it yet. It doesn't matter where you have gotten, you haven't gotten anywhere yet. I don't come, but one thing I do, forget about what you used to do good. How well you are surrounded with pictures of your past. Your graduation pictures will not secure you a job. <laughs> Some of us are surrounded with pictures of the past, victories of the past. Don't put too many victories of the past around you. You have to paint pictures of the future, what you are trying to achieve, where you are trying to go. You have to keep it in, your, in, in view. Know your, your past victories. Well, so here he, says, he said that um, I have apprehended. Uh, I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, one thing forgetting those things which are behind. Forget a lot of things behind. So there's a reason why God has apprehended you. And to fulfill that, you have to forget some things. Forget what lies behind you. It's already passed. What she said about you and how you fell out with it. Forget it. It's wasting your energy. Forget some things. He didn't like you. Forget it. Somebody would always be somebody who does not like you romantically. Understand that. So I found out in Genesis chapter 39 from verse 8, 9, and 10 
that the girl didn't, it wasn't like one day she said, oh, I like you. She, she tried from verse 7, she cast a longing eye on And then regularly, regularly, the Bible says that, and it came to pass after this is that the uh, Potiphar wife um, cast her eye upon Joseph and she said, have sex with me. Right, that's, that's what she said. She, 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 didn't, she, didn't, she wasn't missing words. So, Potiphar's wife, eh? look at the next verse, verse 8. But he refused. She came to Joseph, please sleep with me. Hey! But he refused and said, uh, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. And he has committed everything to my hands except you. There's nothing greater in this house than I. No, has, kept, has he kept back anything from me but you? Because you are his wife. How can I do this great weakness and sin against God? Verse 10. So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day. Every day the same thing. So every day. And one thing about women is they don't give up. Yeah, when a woman likes you, guy just put a big gap between the two of you. She won't give up. Because uh, her desire, Bible says that uh, uh, your desire will be for him and he will rule over you. When God was bringing judgment in Genesis chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3, when he cursed the devil and when he got to the woman, he says that to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and uh, uh, end your conception. In pain, you, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for, oh, good God, your desire. All oh, you're thinking about this man. I was surprised that Potiphar's wife did this thing day by day. But Joseph is such a strong guy. Because how long shall you withstand this? And you are living this in the same territory. I don't think they were living in the same house anyway. Because look at the next verse. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work. So he's been going there. Maybe boys caught as he lives in Mobile every day. Goes there, goes, goes into the main house. He goes into the main house. And then when she knows it, but unfortunately, that fateful day, he went when all the men, nobody was there. They are calling you. You are going when there's no one around. You have to protect yourself. If you want to last in God and do ministry, protect yourself, young man. Protect yourself. It's important. It says that I have been apprehended. And one thing I do is I forget what is behind me. Forget what happened. Forget about what happened. And stop moving forward, living in the past. I can't forgive myself. How could I have done? Oh, get over yourself. Get over yourself and learn from your mistakes and don't go back there. Don't forget history, but don't leave, go, don't move forward looking back. Don't forget history. The only reason why history repeats itself is because men forget history. Don't go to their house again. Oh, why, you know, all oh, my stuff, they leave it. 
Because when you become born again, the temptation you fall for is the same temptation you've been falling for. But just that you are, de- you are deceived to think you can manage it this time. Because you've come to church, you are now on fire. You've heard a powerful preaching. You feel springboards in your feet. You can stand again. No, it doesn't work like that. When you stop eating physical food and feeling hungry, then you can say, you can go back there, nothing will happen. But if you still have appetite for food, and you eat normal, that means your body has not changed. Your body's feelings and attractions and appetites are still there. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you want to last. So now, let's go back to where I started from. What secures your destiny is not so much about what you are not doing. Because some of us, your strength, your, your pride is in, I don't do this, I don't, and you keep comparing yourself with people who you think do it. Stop, stop. Don't be thinking on what you don't do. How about things you have to do? It's the things you, have, you are supposed to do, which you do, that determine how high you fly. And the things that you are not supposed to do, which you do, will determine how quick you fall. <laughs> so when you are flying, focus on what you are supposed to be doing for you to fly. If you fly, start flying, you don't want to fall. Don't do what you are not supposed to do. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So forget. He said, one thing I do, I forget about the things that lie behind. And I press on. Say, I press. I press. Say, I press. I press. So that's why it's important not to dwell in the past. Now, when you become born again, the most essential aspect, the platform of Christian life, the foundation for Christian life is faith. The just shall live by faith. You are not in Christ if you don't have faith in God. If you don't believe in Jesus, you are not in Christ. He said, what's the work of God? That you believe. Yeah, that's all. The work of God is to believe him whom we have sent. John 6, 28. 29. That's the work of God. So it starts with believing. So the scripture I read in, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14. Since I heard of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of what? Your faith. That's where it starts from. Let's already have from the screen. Let's go. They always go hand in hand. The more you love Jesus, the more, the more you have faith in Jesus, the more you love the church, church people. So when someone says to me, I, such people, I can't stand, you don't have faith in Jesus, that's why. You are not a solid Christian. When you are a solid Christian, you have time for church people in spite of their weaknesses, in spite of their attitude and stuff like that. Just that you, you, are, you mature to be aware of human weaknesses. So you lent, you, you lent money to someone, and they didn't pay. It doesn't mean they are not Christians. By human nature, many people don't like paying when they are owing. 
So there's one wise man said the easiest way to lose a friend is to lend the money. So a Christian principle is if you're going to lend somebody money, be ready to part away with the money, part with the money, because it's not likely they may pay. Does that make sense? When you have a house and you rent it to people, or someone is in desperate need, you say, come and live in my house or in my flat. I'm not there living it for one month. They are likely to live for six months, and when you want them out, it becomes a problem. They'll fight with you. And sometimes people regret for trying to help you. So when somebody helps you, this is one of the principles I operate with, that when anybody does something for me out of their goodwill, I make sure that they don't regret for helping me. I make sure you never regret for her, or you don't pay a, an unfair price you never budgeted for, for helping me. So when people are helping you, remember that you don't have to leave a burden on them for next time. For, for, don't let people regret for helping you. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so it says that since I heard of your faith, in the Lord Jesus and your love for the saints. I did not cease. I, I, I ceased not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. He said, I've been praying for you. The prayer topic is that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Amen. Say amen. amen. That God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, I told you that faith is foundational, right? Yes. Yeah, in Christianity, faith is foundational. But it is not sufficient. You need some things to supplement your faith. Faith is foundational, but not entirely sufficient for fulfilling destiny. In God. So he said, giving all diligence, that means that you have to be, when they talk about diligence, like hard work, push, you can't pass professional exam without diligence. You can't have good grades. Some of you, congratulations, others, so you know you shouldn't expect better because you were not diligent enough. Learn from it and don't be upset with God. It wasn't God who wrote, who wrote the exam. <laughs> Diligence. You put in extra effort to make something happen. Now I said, giving all diligence, add to your faith. That means the faith is not entirely enough. There must be a supplement, no replacement. Faith is foundational. Nothing replaces faith in your work with Jesus. Faith is foundational. So just, the just shall live by faith. Your attitude towards church is by faith. Your attitude towards your, your giving. Some of us, we, you lack so much faith. It's showing so much in your giving. I don't know how God will give you harvest. I mean, how will God give you harvest? The harvest you are due. When you don't have seeds on the ground. You have eaten all your seeds. 
come on, the orange has seed inside. Just eat the juicy part. You have eaten the seeds and now you are giving the pills to God. Swallow the seeds. Hmm. So, there are things that we have to learn how to do in God. So faith is foundational. Say faith is foundational. Faith is, foundation. faith is fundamental because you, you meet some setbacks and disappointments. And if your faith is not foundational, or if your life, your work is not built on faith, you will sink. So when you see people backsliding, it's a faith problem. Someone, someone. Satan has desired to shift, sift you like with Luke chapter 22, verse 31. But I've prayed for you that your faith faileth not. If your faith is in place, your life is in place. Does it, Satan is not a threat for someone in faith. Ah, Satan cannot be a threat. What demons? Demons are not a problem. Tell Auntie, Auntie, Auntie Margaret, demons are not a problem. Every time demons, Jesse demons, I've seen demons here. I've seen demons in hair. I've seen demons in somebody's wig. I've seen demons in somebody's shoes. I've seen demons in the house. I've seen demons, demons, demons. Hey, you don't know. We have to buff you. We have to do so. Oh, no. Satan is not the real problem. Faithlessness is when you are born again. But those who are born again, they don't have faith. So Satan will chew them like means meat. Faith is foundational. But he said, don't leave it there. You can't live in a house because of the or a foundation of the house. Build. There is the building and the furnishing. Oh, when you move into a new house, I don't know how many of you have moved into a new house. One of the challenges you face when you move into, you are happy to move. But when you move into, you realize I need curtains. Yeah, <laughs> yeah curtains. Curtains are, you will not value them till you move into a new house. And you realize that when you turn on the light in the night, you feel very uncomfortable. You don't, you don't, you don't have anywhere to go and change. <laughs> yeah. So, if it's just foundation, oh, the foundation is good. Ah, this is good. That's, I can live in this house. There's a lot. There's no heating. There's no water. So he says, add to your faith. Tell someone, add to your faith. He said, add to your faith. Virtue. Virtue is a certain moral standard. Some of you, you don't do anything at home. You are not virtuous. When my boy talks about virtuous woman, she takes responsibilities. That's, the reason why people fail exam is because they have not added virtue to their faith. There are some people when they get a job, they'll be sacked. Yeah, you get a job, you are sacked. It's most likely 98% lack of virtue. You turn up late, you come to the office and sleep in. They actually have to sack you. If they don't sack you, they've been unfair to your destiny. Some of us, you are in the department. Your attitude towards work tells us you are not actually going to shine in life. A lot, a lot, a little, little, little. Look at how dirty your room is getting closer now. 
How I wish your room was as nice as your hair. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Add to your faith. Add to your faith. Now that you are a believer, I know you used not to do dishes, but now that you are a believer, now that you are a believer, try and add virtue. Wash dishes. Do the laundry. Let, if you are living with your parents, let them realize that you are becoming more responsible now. You are growing. You are, you are become an adult. You are growing. You are no more a child. So add. Add to your, if you are a student, study to pass. If you live with parents or your sister or your brother, or you live with people, let them not feel you are, you are very dirty. Let them not feel you are a difficult person to live with. Let them know because of the way you just leave things in the house. You never sweep. You never uh, um, vacu uh, hoover, vacuum clean the place. You never clean up. You never do anything. You take away bowls. You've left everywhere. You never empty the bin. You know, so many little, little things. Come on. Add to your faith, virtue. But that's not my message. My main message is add to your virtue, knowledge. There are some things you can't afford to know. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant. Uh-huh. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. He said, concerning spiritual things, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. He said, for we are not ignorant of the devices of the devil. Let Satan take advantage over us. Things you don't know will hurt you. It is what you don't know that is killing you. Why did you fail an exam? Because of what you don't know. What knowing, not knowing is the, is the greatest killers. The greatest of all killers is what you don't know. Ignorance. Said, I would not have you ignorant. Ignorant. No, 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 no. You can't be ignorant. Romans chapter 6, verse 3. You can't be ignorant. What does he say? Know ye not. Don't you know? This is something you should know. You should know. Romans chapter 1, verse 13. Romans 1, 13. Now, I would not have you ignorant. Man, you can't be ignorant. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. For we know. Oh, my goodness. We know. And we know. So he said, to your faith, add virtue to your virtue. Don't be ignorant. Add knowledge. Add knowledge. In Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2, and verse 3, and verse 8, it, chapter 3, verse 8. Uh, chapter 1 said, Grace and peace be multiplied to you throughout the knowledge of God. Verse 3. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge. You see how you thrive through certain things you know? Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Say, grow in grace and the knowledge. 
Knowledge. In 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 1 verse 8, he said, we don't want you to be ignorant concerning the things that befell us in Asia. There are things you have to know. When you live in London, there are things you have to know about the, the system and Christians. You, you, you can't be ignorant. You must know. In universities, you, when you are going to any university in the, in the West, you must know. The first thing of the first thing you know is your faith is going to come under attack. The universities are programmed to attack Christian faith in the West. These are things you must know. Don't be ignorant. Say so we are not ignorant of the device of the Let Satan will take advantage of us. Ah, you have faith, but you still have an advantage over you. It's just catching an upper hand over you. You have to know. You have to know. You got to know. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what ladies have there? Yeah. That's why we have to spend much of our time in church knowing God's word. What are some of the things you should know? Number one. I like this one in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. Ah, that's so good that I may know him. <laughs> For the knowledge of Christ, I want to know him. The greatest of all knowledge is the knowledge of God. Verse 10. Verse 10. That I may know him. The greatest of all knowledge. Did you realize that he said that since I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for the saints, I do not cease to pray for you that you be given the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Oh, they have given me. God, give it to me. This is a prayer topic. It's a prayer topic. It's not just a reading of books, please. Reading of different books. I've got bought this book. I've bought this book. Bought, please. It doesn't guarantee gnosis. He says, it says that, that I pray for you that you be given the spirit of wisdom and after I say ahead of your faith. So faith was in place already. Yeah. Love for the saints was also in place. Which was listening to virtue. But he said that the next level you need is that you be given the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Watch this. That the eyes, watch this. This is very important. They give you the spirit of wisdom. and says there's the spirit of wisdom and knowledge was given to you. That why? So that the eyes of your understanding, you under, when the pastor is preaching, you understand it better. Yeah. You, don't, you don't sit there like a zombie. What does he say? Why is everybody getting up? You, you are not following. Yeah. He said, You'll be giving the spirit of wisdom, revelation, the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding, be enlightened. What is the result of fact that you may know? That's how it takes, what it takes to know. Spirit of wisdom and revelation. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. We're given the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Your eye, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That's what it takes to first know. All right? So, number one, the first thing you have to know is God. In, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, catch you that tire. What does it say? Read the first sentence. Let's go. Uh, go ahead. He said, the reason why I'm not ashamed is, man, you can mock me, but I'm not ashamed. 
The reason why you can't do outreach properly is because of shame. If you know him, some things, it doesn't matter. Look, people are wearing hijab on the streets of London, sitting on TV, in schools, and they are they are, they are bored. People are sitting on, on the bus. People are sitting on train and kissing. Jesus. And they are not ashamed. And you will be ashamed of preaching, ashamed of testifying for Jesus. It's because of what you don't know. I know in whom. Mock me. I'm not, I can't be bothered. Some of you, your family members will pass comments and comments and comments and give you titles and names. Hey, Angel, hey, hey, Angel Michael is here. Uh, Auntie Mary. And they'll give you a pastor. Yeah, Bishop. The Bishop is here. Uh, they are, and it's, they are being cynical. They are being cynical and mocking you. They say it in a very cynical way, condescending way. And sometimes it's not nice. You feel it, but you know what? Let them speak to the hand. The ear is not listening. For you are convinced. You know whom you are believed. It's a what you call heresy. That is the way I serve the God of our fathers. Acts chapter 24 verse 14. What you call heresy. What you call sect. After that manner, in this, this I confess unto thee that after the way that you call heresy, so worship I the God of my. Give us NIV. Let's see what, what heresy. What other? He said, I admit, I admit that I worship God in uh, of our ancestors as a follower of the of the way which you call sect. Sect is the same as cult. You are calling cult because it's not because you are bad, but you are blind. You, you don't know what is happening inside. You are standing outside and observing the way people are excited. Because you have never been excited about Jesus, you think I'm in a court. I am not in a court. I am in God. I've been caught by God. I've been caught by Jesus. I've been caught by God. I've been apprehended. So... They are, they, they are collecting your money. They are collecting your... Oh! But I'm also collecting their grace. I'm collecting their grace. Oh, this boy is just... It's, it's about money. A lot of the things people see around their lives are about money. So they think churches. And the fact that if I don't give my money to church, I'll definitely give it to something. You are complaining about giving money to church. But when I was giving money to... Uh, uh, is it Ladbrook? Ladbrooks, yes. William Hill, yeah, that's the one. When I was giving money to all those things, that was not a problem. And you never knew I was giving money there. That's why you never speak about money you give to God, to unbelievers. Or some people who don't even have insight, the spirit of wisdom revelation, because they would think, how can you give? How can you give? How can you? You see, they don't think that way works. After you call it. Now the point I'm saying is that you must know God and you must be persuaded. Yes. Until you know God, you'll be persuaded about the things you are doing for God. Yes. Know God. No matter to know the word. So you have known the Holy Scriptures from your childhood. First Timothy chapter 2, 15. You've known the Holy Scripture from your time, which is able to make you wise. Yeah. Unto salvation. So know the word of God. Because of my time. Know the word of God. Number three. It's so important. You must know where you are going. 
John chapter 13, verse 1. The Bible says, after supper, Jesus knowing where he's coming from, where he was going. If you don't know where you are going, that's when you begin to, people dictate what you should do. Jesus Christ, now, before the future of the, when Jesus knew his hour had come, that he should uh, depart from the world, unto, having loved his own today, look, look at the next verse. And after supper being ended, uh, the devil, uh, having put in Peter to, okay, let's go to, next, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given to him all things in him, and that he was coming from the Father, he and went to the Father. He knew. Then that's when he took the towel. Look at the next verse, verse 4. Verse 4, rose after supper, laid his guy, he put his, his bourgeoisness aside, took a towel, wrapped it, and began to. Peter said, no, you can't do this. He said, hey, I know where I'm coming from. I know where I'm going. Yeah. If you don't know your destiny, you will fall to Potiphar's wife. You think that guy, if I miss this guy, I miss destiny, you are a fool. Know where you are going. If you don't know what you carry, you miscarry. Must know what you carry, and don't chip in your destiny by be craving for attention from some people who don't recognize you. Jesus didn't go where he was tolerated; he went where he was celebrated. He didn't go where he was needed; he went where he was wanted. <laughs> and let me add one more: you should know. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. I like that one. That's a good one. It says that. Let's all read it from the screen. So it says that know those, know them which labor amongst you and have uh, and are over you in the Lord. And, uh, uh, and uh, those who are like, we, we charge you, we encourage you, know them. You must know your people. You must know your church people. You must know your pastor. Yes. You must know your pastor. Know your leaders. Other than that, you run out of grace. Know your church and know your leaders. Let them say what they will say. But you know. Doesn't matter if someone says, you don't, it's only the crocodile who can come and tell you that what is happening in the water. You haven't been there. There are things going on. What things? The blind man said, I want all I know once I was blind. He said, You know them by their fruits. Look at the impact on your life. That should determine the quality of your following. Amen. God bless you for listening to this powerful message. May the power of God be evident in your life. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Carriage Church on YouTube and listen to more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms. You can also connect with David Entry and our youth ministry at Carriage Phase 2 on Instagram and TikTok and at Carriage on Campus on Snapchat so you are always up to date. Be blessed.